Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
If you have your Bibles today, we'll go to the book of Lamentations. And we'll start there in chapter 1. And this will conclude our series on Jeremiah the prophet. And of course, many scholars believe uh, that Jeremiah was the author of Lamentations. I agree with that. He spoke at this time in God's chosen people's history. He spoke to a generation of people who endured probably the most drastic acts of judgment God has brought against any group of people in human history. You say, well, does Lamentations have an impact on our lives today? Does it have any import to us here in 2015? I believe that it does very, very much so, as does the entire book of Jeremiah. You know, uh, as I've mentioned in the past, man is literally doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. We don't seem to learn as a civilization. You know, things do not run from left to right. In terms of history, it, it, it tends to run circular. We repeat things over and over again. You know, we can trust God's Word, church, because His nature does not change. But we can also trust and see the pattern in the Word of God that man cannot change himself either. Now, God doesn't need to change. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, perfection needs to change nothing. But you and I are very imperfect. The human race is imperfect. And we, we tend to fall into these same dilemmas that our forefathers had to deal with. And we see this time here in Jeremiah's history. And Lord willing, next week we're going to look at uh, the time of Ezra and, and the rebuilding of the temple. If we're able to get that far. And uh, I think it will bless you as well. But here, here this man is speaking to a generation. In Lamentations, the name of Jeremiah is not, not mentioned. Because really the book is not about him. The Lamentation is to the people on behalf of their sin. And we'll see as we look at this book. It's, a very, it's very much a book of sorrow. As the name really implies. Lamentations. But its message is not intended to perpetuate sorrow. The book really pulls the curtain back to expose the awful cost of sin. In that capacity, it serves as a warning to those who may be tempted to pursue this world's temporary and tainted pleasures in violations of God's eternal and pure law. Lamentation then pulls back the veil of heaven to reveal that God is more than a divine judge. He is the compassionate creator who always desires to rescue those who are lost. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here today. And I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word that you've given to us. Lord, I take it a great privilege to stand behind this sacred desk and speak to your people. Father, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit to do what I am not capable of doing in and of my own ability. Speak through me to your people today. Encourage your people. Instruct your people, Lord. Plant your Word into the good ground of our lives today. And Lord, help us to see and understand that you are the great God and Creator of all life and that you love your creation. Father, move in us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, everyone say it. 
Amen. I want to talk today about hoping in God. You know, we can look around in our world, in our society today, and things begin to look hopeless. I mean, if you have half a brain, you know, there are those who look around and they just don't see anything. Hello? I mean, see nothing. But uh, maybe that is one of the curses of intelligence is you actually can see what's happening and what the outcome will be unless there's a change of direction. And that can upset you a little bit. But we can look around and see people in America, and that's where we live, are losing hope. They've lost hope in their government. They've lost hope in, as our brother said, fellow mankind. They're beginning to lose hope that there is a solution to the problems that this world faces. I'm here to tell you today, there is hope, and it's in God. There is hope for what's going on today. There is an answer to the problems of today. Now, what I want to say is not probably what most people want to hear. And that remedy for the sin of the world that we're seeing manifested so greatly today is the divine judgment of God. That's the hope that we have in God. That God will intervene, church, in human affairs. He will intervene and step into history. He'll step into the day you and I are in and make a change. He'll not allow things to continue to go along unabated and out of control, but rather He will step into history and change things. Why do we know that? It's in His Word. God, again, does not change. He's given us His Word. We have the prophetic Scriptures that we're looking at, and the Scriptures themselves are prophetic. They tell us those things that be not as though they already were. Why? Because in the mind of God they have already been. Solomon said, what once was will once again be. There's nothing new under the sun. We're on that circular path. You know, mankind civilization started at Babel or Babylon, and it will end at Babylon the Great. We're right on that timeline. The papal visit with Pope uh, Francis came to the United States, meeting with his counterpart, President Obama. And what was the main discussion in the UN in New York City? It was the New World Order. That was what was on the agenda. A new global order. Of course, where all religions are brought under one umbrella, except Christianity. See, we're the enemy, you see. Except God's people. They're, they're excluded from that. But the, 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 the big one world order and, and, a, and a new world economy, and, and that's what the Bible says will take place at the time of the end. But as this happens, well, we see looking at us nationally as a people. We mirror the people of Israel and Judah. We really do in our culture. Israel knew the Lord at one time. They had received commandment from God and He dwelt among the people in Jerusalem there with His glory manifested. The people would go to the temple to meet with the Lord. Those seven feasts of the Lord are appointed times and uh, it was a joy to be living in Jerusalem. But what happened? People got away from God. They began to uh, exclude God from their everyday life, from their civic life, from their until sin began to overtake. Selfishness began to overtake. And God would reach out time and again 
generation after generation, and people would just continue to rebel until finally he had to judge them. And now we come to the book of Lamentations. In the aftermath of that judgment, is any good is any good thing to come from that? What does America need today? Well, America just simply needs to change its mind and turn around and repent of its sin. That won't happen, my friend. <coughs> so God has to do the next best thing and deal with the people. Now, I'm speaking to you, believers, but I'm speaking also to those who are on that fence, who, who maybe they're not quite a believer yet. Maybe they've not quite gone over the edge and become born again. That's who I'm, spe I'm speaking to those who, who, who can hear the word of the Lord Amen. and turn before it's too late. Judgment's coming. It will affect everyone in the nation. Make no mistake about it. But the believer has, a, has an anchor, has a hope. I want to look at three things. Let's look at Jerusalem's downfall, number one. And in Lamentations chapter 1, verse 3, we'll begin there. And after affliction and harsh labor, Judah has gone into exile. Sin always brings mankind into bondage, into exile. She dwells among the nations. Rather than in her own land, she's been scattered. She finds no resting place, and all who pursue her have overtaken her in the midst of her distress. Do you see, uh, we see the policies of the President administration going throughout the Middle East, uh, destabilizing governments over there. We see people by the millions uh, without a place to live. We see people being displaced from their homes. We see violence coming in in the form of uh, terrorists and, and Islamic radicals uh, raping, killing people by the hundreds of thousands throughout that Middle East. And people are fleeing into Europe. Fleeing because they have nowhere else to go. It's the beginning of God's judgment. And those who are being used to instigate that, Mr. Obama, your day will come. God will turn on you and judge you for what you have done. See, there's no one without blame here in this situation. We have nations that were living and had been going on for a number of years and until now someone outside, a force outside went in and destabilized that. Creating carnage and havoc. God is not pleased. But these nations, let's be honest, were always anti-Israel, anti-God and, and now they're getting a taste of what they had done to the Jews. We, we don't sit back in our ivory tower and say, hey, yeah, uh, because what's going to happen here in America? This most prosperous, fat nation that, 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 that is the one instigating sin all over the globe. Our day will come. But let's look on here. See, Jeremiah Lamb, it's the road, verse 4, to, to Zion mourns, for no one comes to her appointed feast, the Moedim. The appointed times, the seven feasts of the Lord. You remember that, the spring feast, beginning with Passover, ending with Pentecost, the fall feast, beginning with trumpets, and ending with, as we end today, here on this Sunday, Sukkot or Tabernacles. No one comes. Why? Because there, there is no more, there is no place for them to go. The temple has been destroyed. 
No one comes. Remember, God commanded the Israelites to keep these feasts. Three, three, and yet, it's all been taken out from under them. It's all been done away with. Why? Because God is a... No, He judges sin. He won't allow man to live in sin and rebellion under His command. Jerusalem, verse 8, has sinned greatly and so has become unclean. All who honored her despise her, for they have seen her nakedness. She herself groans and turns away. Jerusalem has sinned greatly. What about the United States of America? Have we sinned greatly? Amen. The biggest of all. We're exporting more pornography throughout the world than any other nation. We have murdered more babies than any other nation combined. Since Roe v. not since the 1970s, almost 60 million slaughtered in the womb, an offering to Satan, the god of Babylon. That's what we have done. That's what we are doing. And, and most people walk around as if nothing has been done, nothing is happening. Hello. Why? Anesthetized, asleep, in the midst of this wickedness. Asleep. That's how Judah was, friend, at this time, 2,600 years ago. That's where Judah was at in their position. The, the city had become wicked and full of sin to the point that they, there was no remedy. There was no cure for their rebellion and for their sin. God had to act in, in dramatic fashion. You know, you go into a hospital with... Uh, gangrene of the leg, and they may have tried to treat you uh, for over weeks and months of time, but if that sets in there, well, they, they have to do something drastic called amputation. And, and, and literally, we, we don't want to get to that point, but that, is that where we're at today? Absolutely. Now, I want, to, I want us to see here. I'm not going to leave you without hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm painting a bleak picture here. Verse 9, Her filthiness clung to her skirts, she did not consider her future. You know, when we think about this woman, we enact gay marriage in the United States and say it's okay. Are we considering the future of that action when we do that? When we say it's okay for a woman to go and abort her child, do we consider the ramifications of that type of legislation that's enacted and put into law? Do we understand? When we allow sin to run rampant in our streets, do we understand? When we say, oh, we're going to enact gun control, I mean, just look at Chicago. They have gun control, but they're the most violent city in the United States of America. Why do we need gun control? We need sin control. Somebody give me a witness. We need to deal with the issue, not the peripheral. You don't disarm law-abiding citizens. So the criminal who doesn't obey the law is going to be armed anyway. That, that doesn't make any logic sense. That's an, Ill, that's, that's an illness of mind. That's not considering the future of your people. Her fall was astounding. There was none to comfort her. Talking about Judah, God's people. The Scripture says that America, I believe Babylon the Great, you go to John's writings in Revelation, has fallen, has fallen. Babylon the Great has fallen. And no one shall help her. 
Where is America headed? Where is this world headed for judgment? We saw in the UN speech just this last week, uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu literally lamb-blasting the nations of the world for their silence on Iran's threats of annihilation to Israel. Literally lamb-blasting the leaders of the world for allowing Iran, a nation sworn to destroy Israel, the ability to get nuclear weapons. This is madness, my friend. This is insanity at the highest level. That's where we are. And this is very prophetic, very biblical, the time we're in right now. Very biblical time. But is there hope in God? I'm here to tell you there is. Hallelujah. I'll get to that point yet. But we're mirroring Israel. The filthiness of America, of the world we're in today, it, it clings to our skirts. It's all around us. You walk into the door of God's house, the sanctuary, and your mind has been inundated with the interactions you've just had with the world because of the filthiness of the world, the, the wickedness of this nation, of the people, of people that once knew the Lord, that once walked with God in, in, a, in a large measure. Can I get a witness? Where has that gone? You know, as a child, I didn't live in a Christian home, so to speak, Bible-believing home, but my family, who considered themselves Christian, they, they, they did go to church. They at least went to church. Uh, they didn't have much good to say about the church, although, but they showed up, kept their mouths shut in respect, and went to church. Today, people don't even do that. You said you were a Christian when you were. I remember as a young man, I used to have ladies come up and say, I always wish you'd date my daughter, meet my daughter. You're such a fine young man. And a lot of them weren't even saved. Hello. Today you say you're a Christian and they look at you like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> you're alienated. There's no moral values any longer, no standard. Oh, I know there are people, and that there's always a remnant. Amen. What we see here, Jerusalem's downfall. A shattered world and an afflicted people. God had judged them. Their world suddenly was taken from them. Their world suddenly was shattered because of God's judgment. They could no longer do as they pleased. They could no longer commit the sin that they liked and enjoyed to commit because there was no availability. What happens in America if everything around you Crumbles. Let me ask you that question. What happens if your cell phone doesn't work? What happens if you can't work on your job? What happens if you are called into the military to fight a war? What happens to you if you have to defend? What happens to you if you see enemy troops running through your streets? What happens to you? Oh, well, that, that, that would never happen. That's, that's, what, that's what Judah said. Judah said, that can't happen to us. We're God's chosen people. God said, no, it's going to happen. And it did. And they were taken. Their women were raped, Scripture says. Their houses were plundered. And they were left desolate. And then they were taken in chains to become servants in Babylon. All because they refused to walk with and obey God. Now, did God do it as an act of, of vengeance and anger upon them? 
He did it actually as an act of love, and we'll see that as we move along. And we need to understand that God is love. That's a statement you've heard over and over again in our world, but it's true. God is love. And His love is tough sometimes. Somebody say amen. Secondly, we, the lamenting of Jerusalem's destruction in chapter 2, we see the prophet observing the outcome of man's rebellion and sin. Chapter 2, verse 11. Jeremiah says this, My eyes fail from weeping. I am in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed. Because children and infants faint in the street of the city. He saw firsthand. He experienced. Jeremiah could only weep and cry over the destruction that he saw come to his people and to his nation and to his beloved city of Jerusalem. He could only lament the fact that the judgment had fallen upon the people and he was there to see this and literally it, it shook him to the core. It caused him tremendous grief and, and he, was, he said, My eyes fell from weeping. And it tormented him. You know, I don't know about you, friend, when I look out and see the wickedness and the sin, when I see the treatment of our leaders with other world leaders, particularly uh, uh, President Benjamin Netanyahu at, at the UN, there was no U.S. ambassador there, there was no delegation. Uh, they all turned their heads when he excoriated them, and yet that, that troubles me. That troubles me. That shows a deep disrespect for the things of God. It shows a ignorance of God's Word. It shows a people who have embraced the wrong path. A people that do not know. They do not know that their military might and power will fail them when God judges them. They do not know that they're against the God of the Bible when they do the things and say the things they do and say. And I can it torments me to see the sin and the rebellion. I, I, I see the people in the streets of America who, who just don't want to hear the message of truth. They don't want to understand. They, there is no understanding. They're, the people walk about as if nothing were going to happen. And if they would only turn to the Lord, they could find salvation. But yet, what has happened? What has happened? to our world. What happened to Judah? Verse 16, All your enemies open their mouths wide against you. They scoff, they gnash their teeth and say, We have swallowed her up. This is the day we have waited for. We have lived to see it. Do you know there's an enemy in the world today that wants to swallow up this nation? There's an enemy today that longed to see the destruction of the American people. Did you know that? We have a, a, a sitting president who will not call them out. Because I believe, listen to me, he's one of them. Absolutely. If you don't like truth, you tune me out right now. He's one of them. He's bent on the destruction of the United States of America, this people. And God has permitted him to be where he is. Because this is what the people are. This is what they're deserving of. They're getting what they asked for. And let me tell you, friend, when, when it comes around, they're not going to want it. 
the cup will be very bitter that's going to be swallowed here in this nation. But there are enemies outside the gate waiting. Just like they were in Israel's day, in Judah's day. They, the, the Babylonians were ready to plunder, to take all that God had given Israel. Israel was a blessed nation, a prospered nation. Matter of fact, they're prospering today as God has brought them back into the land. So much so that uh, may God will look and say, wow, I'm going to go down. And when God puts that hook into the jaw and brings them down, they're going to come down and take a spoil. Oh yeah, Russia today, as you know, last week moved into Syria. Chinese troops are at, on the aircraft carrier docked in port. Uh, they've been actually uh, taking out ISIS positions throughout Syria. But will it stop at that? Will it stop at that? Oh, you better believe Russia will maintain a military presence. They will build up more and more troops and eventually, as the Scripture says, they will come down from the north like a cloud to cover the land. And it will be in the right timing of God. Because God has a plan. He has a purpose. We see our enemies spouting off against us. They're not afraid of us. No. We're a paper tiger. You hear that, church? We're a paper tiger. People are not afraid of the church. They don't reverence God's house any longer. Why? They, they see the ridiculous behavior that takes place in most churches today. They see the, the, the crazy doctrines embraced by churches uh, in this nation. and They want nothing to do with that. Truth just like it is, has fallen in the streets. As these great congregant leaders meet with Pope Francis to kiss his ring, I'm talking about the Kenneth Copelands, the Joel Osteens, the... right there, clamoring for a unified church without God's Holy Spirit, one that includes Allah, my friend, there is no God but the God of this book. Allah is not God. Amen. And will not worship idols in the house of the Lord. So the church is mocked by the world because it's lost much of its power. But you know, God always has a remnant. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17. The Lord has done what He planned he has fulfilled His word which He decreed long ago. He has overthrown you with pity, without pity, and He has let the enemy gloat over you. He has exalted the horn of your foes. You see here, Jeremiah starts off in verse 2 looking at the faces in the crowd. And he sees the misery and the suffering that was brought by the judgment of God. And yet, here in this verse 17, we see as... Jeremiah writes that really God is in control. God is the one in control. Church, we can hold to that to this very day, to this very hour. God is in control of what's going on in the world today. He's not the author of the sin, but He is sovereign. He is in control. Look at Jeremiah's word. The Lord has done what He planned. He has fulfilled His word. What happened? Israel... And then notice he said long ago. Israel at that time, 2,600 years ago, they, you go back to 3,500 B.C. with Moses, they went in to uh, Mount Sinai 
And God came down on the mount. And between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, Deuteronomy chapter 18 and chapter 19, God called out the blessings for their obedience. And this is what I will do for you. And then He called out, this is what will happen if you do not agree and you do not obey My Word. What happened? Israel did not obey God's Word. And God brought about exactly, if you go back to Deuteronomy 18 and 19, you'll see He did exactly what He said He would do. God's a, a God of His Word. And He expelled Israel from the land. So, Jeremiah is looking at all that and he's putting it together. You know, God must be the one in control because he said all this would happen. It was written down long ago and, and now we're at that place where it is happening. See, I, 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 now my name happens to be Jerry, which is short for Jeremiah. Jeremiah. And, and just like Jeremiah in his day, he was telling the people what they didn't want to hear. He was telling the people that God knew this was coming and He said, folks, we're living in the day. This is it. And I'm here to tell you today. My mama used to call me Jeremiah Cornpaw. This Jeremiah is telling you right now, we're living in the day when judgment is about to come. Amen. And we've made ourselves as a people, this whole world has, ripe. For God's judgment. And, and I'm just like Jeremiah, it's going to come just like he said it would. Jeremiah looked at the Word of God that was available to him at that time and said, God's going, He's done what He said He would do. I'm looking at the Word of God that's available today, and I'm telling you here today, God's getting ready to do what He has said He was going to do. You can believe that. Now, that doesn't preach in many churches today because that don't make you feel good. Hello? That doesn't make you want to jump up and shout. Oh, glory, I feel, feel so good. Hallelujah. I'd just rather go to church and, you know, glory, let's, let's just have a good time and, and don't know anything about what's written in this book. My God, that's crazy. That's insane. Now, I'm not going to leave you on a down note. No, 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 no. no I'm about, this is pretty depressing, hello, when you see it and you experience it. Can I get a witness? But thirdly and lastly, God's mercy brings hope. You say, where is the mercy in judgment? Well, let me ask you, have you all not read this book? Have you not read Revelation? You know, and I talk to people all the time. You know, my favorite subject is end time prophecy. And, and, and folks are always like, well, you know, I hope so and so don't miss the rapture because this and that and everything. Do you know that more people will be saved through God's judgment? That were saved, that that were not under His judgment. Let that sink in. Well, I think I thought it was just all destruction and doom. A whole nation is going to be reborn, called Israel. They're going to come to faith in their Messiah, Jesus. Hallelujah! Through judgment, many peoples in the Gentile world will come to faith in Jesus because they're put on the spot, man. It's either do or die. Sometimes that's what people need. I, you know, I don't need anybody to shake me to get me to go to church and get saved and walk with God. I don't need anybody to coax me to do that. The Holy Spirit's done that. I want to do that. Hallelujah. But you've got people here that they don't even want to acknowledge God even exists in their thinking, in their minds. God's going to shake them to the bone. He did Israel. He did Jerusalem. 
Now they had nowhere. They, they just laid in dust and ashes. And, and it was by their own choice that put them there. What God who did that? Hello? It was them who did that. A people who claimed to be godly people. That's the problem with Judah. That's the problem with America. A people who claim to be Christian, but they don't follow Christ. They don't live for God. They live for self. Oh, I'm meddling now. Come on, get back to your message. God's mercy brings hope. Chapter 3 of Jeremiah, or I'm sorry, of Lamentations. Chapter 3, verse 18. So I say my splendor, this is Jeremiah speaking, is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. In other words, his world had been shattered. Do you know, I look back, and I was looking back uh, not very long ago. I've been doing that a lot lately. And I look at my life. Now you, you can judge me for what you want. And you look at your own life. I'm not looking at you, I'm looking at mine. i made mistakes. I've made poor decisions. I, I have done wrong. I have sinned. I've said with what I've said. I've treated people poorly at times. I'm not, I'm not proud of that. But I come to the realization of that. Amen. And I'm like, you know, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I had plans for my life. Some of you young people here might not understand, but some of us older will. When you go back when you was younger and you started off, did you plan to go the direction you went? Uh, no, you had plans. You had dreams, hopes. You had vision. You had, And I knew what I was going to do. And you know, those plans in my life, many of them were derailed, were destroyed, were gone. What I had hoped and the glory that I had planned that my life would be was gone. But I look back. I look back. Look at verse 19. Jeremiah had to look back. He said, I remember in my affliction and my wandering the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Here he was in total bitterness and anguish of soul. You know, as a believer, as a Christian, God can bring you to that place in your own life. He can bring you to where you begin to be downcast, bitter and anguish over what could have been, should have been, might have been. You, you look back you say, Lord, I, I, it's because of my sin that I did not attain to what you wanted me to do. It's because of my sin that I, I held you back from moving in my life. Because of my rebellion, I should be here, but yet I'm here. I'm doing this, but, but yet in that bitterness, we see hope. And here's why. I, I love this verse. Because, verse 22, and notice it comes to his mind. Hallelujah. How I many know God can put things in our mind? He can recall things to us. He said, because of the Lord's great love, we are all, we're not consumed. We're not consumed. His compassions never fail. Compassions plural. See that? They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, here, Jeremiah realized if God were truly against us, 
If God was against me, you know, we, we can look, well, why did He let me get cast down so bad? Why did He let all these things I had hoped for uh, not come to pass? Why, why are my hopes and dreams dashed? Because He loves you. Because He loves you. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, I wasn't following God, I was following me. You know, God doesn't just turn you loose to your own imagination. Go ahead and do whatever you want in your life. Well, that's what we do. And then we get cast down, we find ourselves in despair, and God says, now I've got you in a place now that I can actually do something in your life. Hello? That's good preaching now, come on. He brings you down to where you now say, you know what? I thought about all the things I should have done. I thought about my mistakes. I got, went over my sins. And, and yet, God didn't kill me. I'm still alive. He didn't consume me. I'm still here. If He really hated me or was against you, He'd take you out. If God was really an enemy of Jeremiah, He would just kill him, right? But Jeremiah begins to see things from a whole other perspective. And somehow, that's what we need, church. We need to see our lives from a different perspective sometimes. Come on, man. This was a life-changing realization for Jeremiah. Israel was to be the great nation that was to show God to all the world and the prophet knew that and yet all had crumbled and collapsed into nothing, into misery. But yet he says, some things came to his mind and he has hope. Look at verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love were not consumed. He could have consumed the whole city and the whole people. Look at verse 23. They are new, His compassions. They are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of the Lord. I will say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore will I wait for Him. The Lord is my portion. Church today, the Lord is your portion. No matter what goes on around you, no matter what goes on in you and in your life, you have God if in fact you've invited Him into your life. You've allowed Him to be a part of your life. I laid in bed last night. I was thinking about God's goodness and just said, Lord, I thank You that You're good. You're good to me, that You're, you're in my life. You're real. Lord, I, I thank You that, that I know You, Lord, and I want to know You more. God, You're a great God. You know, imagine... You know, he's our portion. You know, whatever I had wanted from life, listen to me, or could obtain, it really is nothing compared to knowing Him. That's the only thing that matters. You see, sometimes people have to be brought to the dust before they even realize that. Everything else, nothing matters but God and knowing Him. Now remember this. He's the potter. We've been in Jeremiah. And we're the clay. He can make us into whatever vessel He wants. And that's what He's doing. So that we can be with Him forever and serve Him forever. And what we think in our minds will bring satisfaction, God often takes away from us. Amen. And He wants to plant new vision. You know that Scripture says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. 
See, a lot of people misinterpret that. We think, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you a new Harley Davidson. <laughs> delight yourself in the Lord and I get a big 10-bedroom house. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give me whatever. See, no. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll implant desires in your heart and there won't be those things. Believe me, it'll be something better than that. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll implant the desires into your heart. Lord, I want to know You. I want to serve You. I want to be a part of Your kingdom. Lord, I want to be with You. You know, that should just consume your life. Let me repeat that. That should just consume your life. Absolutely. Amen. Instead, what do human beings get consumed with? Hello? We get consumed with materialism, with things. Dust. Dust. And, and, and that's, a, a foul, that's, that's a weakness of humanity right there. And God had gotten, out of all that judgment, here the prophet's attention, God had a hold of his attention now. He said, God, you, you are. Now I wake up in a destroyed city with a people in turmoil, but I have uh, uh, your mercies new every day. I see new opportunities to, to share you with others. I see new opportunities to know you even better. You, you've really got my attention now because now I can hear your voice Whereas before it was all clouded, I couldn't. You see, God allows that to come into our life. America needs to be shaken so strong that it get its priorities right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Times wake them up. And there's only one who can do that. Times are coming. There's only one who can do that. Us, us preachers, our low mouths. We we speak, but people tune us out. People don't like the preacher. They just go to another church till they find one that, that, that suits their need. Hello? Mm -hmm. And that's what in Jeremiah's time they had false prophets. And, and the, the king didn't like Jeremiah. Matter of fact, the king put Jeremiah in prison. In a pit. The mouthpiece of God was put in a pit. And he said, I want the liars to come and lie to me and tell me things I want to hear. But they all lost everything. Jeremiah's still alive. Hallelujah. When it was all over, Jeremiah was still alive. They, the enemy got him out of the pit. And God took him into the king's palace. Hello? And treated him kindly. See, God knows how to make all grace abound toward you under any circumstance. Come what may, God will protect and preserve His people, His remnant. Now let me read on and close out. He says in verse 24, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. I'm going to wait for Him. You know, that's what I had to do last night. And I've had to do several nights as I, I've had trouble sleeping. I have a, a sleep apnea and different things going on there. And when it gets really difficult, I just wait, to, wait on the Lord. I say, Lord, I, I need Your presence. I'll get up go in my office. And just 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 cry out to God. Say, Lord, I need your presence. I can't, I need your and when the Spirit of God comes and I can sense his presence, man, I can lay down, I'm good, everything's good. But it's waiting on the Lord. We just need to take the time, church, to wait on the Lord. He is our portion. He's the one, he, He's everything. You have Jesus, you have everything that you'll ever need. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Come on. If you have Jesus, you have everything. He is our portion. The Lord is good, verse 25, to those who hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. 
Even though Israel's purpose was sidetracked because of their sin, and God had to deal with the sin, God reserved a people, a remnant, that He could continue to work through and ultimately bring about the Messiah, Jesus, some 530 years later, and then 1,700 years after that, He could reinstitute Israel as a nation once again. Because God has a plan. He has a purpose for Israel. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you and I, the church, for His people today in this world. You know, friend, we, we live in an exciting time when prophecy intersects and history intersects the present day world that we're in. We're seeing things that the prophets Jeremiah could only hope to see. They only saw from far off. We're, we're here. We're going to literally see the Lord Jesus Christ Himself split the skies and return to set up His kingdom. We're going to see that. This generation. And I say that by the authority of God's Word. You know, the New Testament powerfully adapts imagery from Lamentations chapter 3 to, put, to point the way to complete victory in life. You know, Jesus invites us to take His yoke on Him. Or take His yoke on us, rather. And when our faith in Christ, and it is in Christ, the tasks that He gives us in life are really the key to personal fulfillment and true rest. It's not on the world around us. It's in Him. He is our portion. How can He make such a promise? Because He has already borne the cost of every sin that you and I could ever commit. He took it upon Himself. You know, and as His followers, we can live the full expression of God's love. Our hope is embodied in our salvation. Our hope looks ahead to the promised return of the Lord. Every day brings new evidence, and we've seen that in recent days, it's almost every hour brings evidence of God's love for us. Even when he, His love is expressed through disciplinary circumstances, whether He is blessing our obedience or correcting our failures, He is directing our lives toward an eternal future in heaven. And that church we can be assured of. Let's stand this morning. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.